What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog and the Underdog Fantasy family. And if you head over to underdogfantasy.com and you use code TRIPLE, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So if you're looking to draft some fantasy baseball with the season just about a month and a half away, uh, now's a good time to head over to Underdog Fantasy and use that code. And again, they will match you up to $100, you doubling your first deposit. So a great deal over at Underdog Fantasy. We're with you guys tonight, Marty Party, Doc, a little cheesecake all in the house to talk more fantasy baseball. I'm going to open the floor up, fellas. Is there anything new or anything exciting that the Triple Play Fantasy audience should know about? Uh, my life is very exciting. This week, I will be heading down to the beautiful city of Cleveland for the Glarf Draft. So all 15 of us, actually 13 of us, two will not make it. But 13 of us in this, we rented out this huge like loft house for the weekend. So um, we'll be there, live draft. Um, I have the, yours truly has the number one pick, as I was telling you. Okay, bought the, you said you bought the shirt just for the occasion. Yeah, so yeah, for you guys just on the podcast, it's the um, Legend, the Legend of, of Acuna. So it's, yeah, it's a Legend of Zelda spoof, and it has like bombs times 41, and then diamonds, like stolen bases, 73, and then all of the stats. It's dope. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really cool shirt. So I'm going to be wearing it proudly when I uh, take him number one overall. So oh, two no questions. Number number one, how far is the drive to Cleveland from Detroit? Number uh, two, three hours. That's not bad. And then number no. two, there's all ten of you guys are staying in one spot. You said? Oh no no no! Uh, as you know, I am very bougie. Uh, Tyler and I have our own Airbnb <laughs> offsite. I would never stay in a frat house like that. That's insane. There was enough frat when you just hung out with Eric and I. That was <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like an awesome time and definitely with Glarf kicking off, it's, it means fantasy baseball season is really right around the corner. Uh, Doc, you said you were setting your KDS for TGFBI and you have an interesting strategy where you want your draft slot right now. KDS at 10, hopefully I get it, take Trey Turner and get a, a starting pitcher like Garrett Cole on the back end. But I'm whipping up some bets. You know, Marty Marty is is getting into draft mode, and, and I'm getting into draft mode myself, but betting comes first and foremost for this guy. Diversity is always good for this podcast, so you will be leading our listeners right with some good bets. You, we already talked pre-show about some Shane Bieber unders that you liked, so uh, I'm sure our listeners will, if they want to know more, they'll be able to, uh, to contact Doc here, and he'll lead them the right way for that. And Cheesecake, uh, you, I, you're like Marty. You're, I know you're draft prepping, and you are ready oh, yeah. to go. I'm ready to go. I, I do want, I think there's something that needs to be mentioned right now. And it is because this podcast is a baseball podcast and we don't like to talk about football. And any good American would have wanted the Detroit Lions to win the <laughs> NFC championship game. But it turns out <laughs> that you two schmoes, your teams, you Maryland brothers who like Kansas City and San Francisco are playing each other in the Super Bowl. I didn't even Bowl. realize it. at one point it was all of our own teams. I want to know uh, if there's going to be some brother-on-brother violence this weekend. No, this this got hashed yeah. out in 2020. We're moving on with baseball. Yeah. They, they played in 2020, and all my emotions were invested in that. Now I, I just hope the Chiefs win, but if the Niners win, I'm going to give Eric a call and congratulate him if they do it. But obviously, you know where my heart lies. So Yeah, if Kansas City wins, you guys might have to find a new fourth. Uh, <laughs> I heard, I heard Vinny, uh, 
I heard Vinny would be a good sub for me. <laughs> just get just get someone that has my sense of humor, please. Okay, well, that's that shouldn't be hard to find. All right, well, let's get into what we're talking about—the meat and potatoes of tonight. It is the position previews, and we are going to finish up the infield talking about the catcher position. So, kind of went all around the infield diamond, and next week we'll go to the outfield portion. So, we're talking catchers tonight. A little different than all the other positions. There's obviously not quite as many as you might see second base, shortstop, or third base. All these multi-position eligible players. Uh, catcher is there are some people that are multi-position at catcher, but it is far and few in between compared to the other infield positions. So this will be an interesting discussion. There are a lot of great value at catcher this year. I think it's as deep as it ever has been with the quantity of solid catchers that there are. Um, maybe there's not the true difference maker that there was in the past, but that'll be something we will get into tonight. So let's kick it off. We know as we do, we'll go through each range on NFBC over the last two weeks, and we'll look at the one through 10, 11 through 20 and 20 plus of guys that we are liking and fading. So I want Marty party to kick us off here in the top 10. Who at ADP are you trying to draft the most of this season? So I'm going to have. I had one of these cop-out answers last week and, and no one yelled at me. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to get away with it again. Um, but here's the, this is with a, unless I can get Will Smith at some kind of deal, but I just, I'm worried about him and his plate appearances because Otani is going to clog up the DH. Presumably maybe all season, maybe half the season, Will Smith's going to miss out on those at bat. So he's going to be, need to be catching. So um, if Will Smith at somewhat of a discount, I'll try to get him. But if not, the tier where it all ends for the overall number one catcher, Wilson Contreras, Sean Murphy, and Sal. I'll take e- any one of those. Any one of those that fall to me in that in that spot around nine, ten rounds. Um, yeah, I Sal's the only thing about him is he's obviously injury prone at this uh, old age, but he'll play a lot at um, a lot at DH. Wilson Contreras, he played a fourth of his games um, at DH. So, and they copied what they were doing and uh, what the Cubs did to him the year before. So, I expect that to to, to continue. So, I love the at bats there. And Murphy, I think, is still somehow underrated. You know, he had he was great in Oakland. Then he went to the Braves, best best offense in baseball. Um, he's going to have plenty of opportunity there. So, I'm kind of going to push off catcher but not as much as i usually do usually i really wait and wait and wait this year i'm not doing it because i'm worried about batting average so i need to get one of these guys that so was such marty- a cop-out answer marty we're <laughs> yelling at you you're not getting away with it two weeks in a row well I, I do think doc you were out on sal perez i have some questions about sal perez too even though again he is now going as the sixth ranked catcher when he's been going as one, two, or three the last few seasons. I'm genuinely worried. I mean, he hit 23 home runs last year and over 500 plate appearances. Power was what the biggest thing you could get from him. And uh, if if the power is starting to decrease with you know he's he's an older player. He's 33 years of age, so uh, there is some concerns there with him. Doc, is your fade? Is that the biggest question mark for you? Yeah, so I mean, in a five by five league, he's not going to give you any stolen base upside. He has zero none in the last bases. two seasons. Yeah, none in the last two seasons. There, the walk percentage dropped from four point two to three point eight to three point three percent, which puts him in the first percentile in terms of walking walk percentage. So, from the on base, i.e., equals runs, um, he's not going to provide as much there. Barrel percentage has dropped. Hard hit percentage has dropped. Um, he in 2021, which was his career year, he missed one game, 
but he's played 150 or less in 10 other seasons. So it's almost guaranteed that he will miss some time. And now David has talked about how much he, you know, he's older at catcher. He's played 10,600 or 10,063.2 innings as catcher. JT Real Muto is second with 8,923.1 innings. There is a huge difference from Sal Perez to the next person in catcher. That much squatting and catching balls. I know what I said, catching balls. That takes a toll on you. And he played 29 games at DH, but who's to say Vinny Pasquantino doesn't play time at DH coming back from shoulder surgery? I think there's a less clear playing path for Sal Perez every day. And I think you're essentially just banking that you'll get some home runs from him. But there's a lot of catchers that provide home run upside. Yeah. I will say my only my only pushback there, because I can't argue with you, everything did fall off, but he had blurred vision. He missed time with a hamstring. He hurt his hand. He hurt his finger, and he had a concussion. Well, All part of, of those are from part of those are from playing catcher. When right, he when, did when, log fifty, a little over fifty games at first base and DH. So yeah, 50 to your point exactly. though, Vinny, Vinny's coming back, Pascatino, so he'll miss some of those first base um, opportunities. But yeah, I could. It's. I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's done yet. I think he, might I don't have think one, he's one done, but I think, I don't think he's done, but I think his name value is why he's at six. If you looked at a blind resume from last year, I don't think that he would be ranked as the sixth catcher. Marty, the, I just a question really quick. So he, obviously in his career year, he had 48 home runs, 121 RBIs, but all the other seasons of his career have been pretty consistent. Uh, I take out 2020, obviously, because he only had 156 plate appearances, but 27 home runs in 2018, 23 home runs uh, each of the last two seasons after his career year, around 70 to 80 RBIs. Said 80 a, RBIs three separate times, hitting about you know a consistent average about 230 to 250 ish for the most part. Like I feel like he's kind of shown who he is based on that track record. And I think like the fact that people still think maybe that 2021 season is still in there. But when you have three other seasons that show one other thing, does that have you more towards that? Or are you still optimistic that he could get kind of in between his career year and what he's normally done? Yeah. So I'm not paying for his ceiling at this price. I think we're playing for or we're paying for his floor and the at bats are going to be there. We don't have to. And you'll look as we go down further and further with catchers, most won't get over 500 plate appearances, 550. Mm -hmm. He might even get 600 if he stays healthy. So he has an unlimited uh, amount of playing time. He's going to hit third or fourth in that lineup. Most catchers do not. 255 is excellent for a a batting average for for a catcher, especially playing that much. Marty, let me ask you, how many games do you think he plays this season? Bacon, injuries, days off? 130. Okay. 130, 135. And I think if he does that, he puts you, he puts you in a pretty good spot. Now that's what I'm thinking. Just catcher. He may, I mean, he won't get as much at first base because of any. So, but yeah, I was 130. I'll say. Okay. The one thing that could go in his favor for Marty's argument here is his home run to fly ball rate has really dropped off over the last few years. 2020, 30.6%. Obviously shortened season. 2021, his career year was 27.7%. And then the last two seasons, 16% and 14%. Uh, the MLB average is right about 14%-ish. So 
is he going to stay around the LB average or could he get anywhere close to what he did in 2021 with a 27.7%? Uh, if he can get maybe that home run to fly ball rate, maybe in, in the low 20s, which I don't think is unrealistic, then maybe more of those outs leave the yard and his home runs can spike up a little bit more. Uh, that remains to be seen, but just with the decline of home run to five ball rate makes you think maybe there could be a bounce back in that area. Uh, for and his the, and the last thing I'll say, the most important thing to remember is that I'm taking one of Wilson Contreras, one of Murphy, or one of Sal. Whoever drops the most, that's the guy I'm going to take. And I think Sal's worth that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you did mention another player that I want Art to talk about in just a second here uh, for his dislike. Uh, Ray Dominguez is in the chat. Uh, so I wanted to acknowledge his catcher question here, his catcher rankings. Basically, it would be Will Smith, JT Real Muto, Adley Rutschman, William Contreras, Mitch Garver. Do you guys like Mitch Garver that high? Do you think there's upside for Mitch Garver to be a top five catcher this year? I don't even like Mitch Garver where he's going. He's my next round dislike. I guess we can touch on that then for you. I but. think, I think that's too high for Garver. I, uh, there are other possibilities for DH there in, in, in Seattle. I think he's going to get plenty of plate appearances, but I don't think he's going to have enough to be sixth ranked catcher. Um, I think if you get 400 plate appearances from Garver, he's going to be really productive, but I, d- I don't think he's going to get enough plate appearances to be a top six catcher. Okay. I do like the bull prediction aspect of it because he's going to be counting as a catcher, but he'll be a DH, a uh, full time DH. So for the plate appearances aspect, um, that could be a really nice second catcher for you to have. That's just getting those those PAs. Uh, but you are you did mention uh, your dis your your dislike for this range being Wilson Contreras. And am, am I correct with that? I think no, no. I I put a whole bunch of likes and dislikes in there like Marty did. All right, hold on. So you like so your likes were you do like uh the other yeah. is it is it Wilson or uh, William Contreras? I like Wilson. I like I I like Wilson. Marty. I like Marty's strategy with, with Sal Contreras and Murphy. Murphy, I really thought that like I was going to come in and recommend not to draft Murphy because of how cold he was in the second half, but mm-hmm. I don't think he deserved that cold second half. Uh, I also looked into whether or not, you know, Tr- Travis Darnode's return from injury affected his, his production and his production didn't fall off until far, you know, much far into Darno's return from injury. So I don't think it was that. I think Murphy just had like a bad luck second half and it was really bad. So I think he he's a really solid catcher there. I also want to just throw one out for our old boy, JT Real Muto, who's my top catcher and is going well behind uh, Adley. So I think JT's a good value where he's going. You're not worried with... Oh, go ahead, Marty. I was going to say, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, he's for me, he's my number one um, catcher strictly off the stolen bases. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Every, a little bit of everything. I mean, the runs are going to be there. Um, home runs. I think the power's still there. 10, 15 stolen bases. Good batting average. Yeah. You guys aren't worried at all in 32 years. So we're talking like around the same age as uh, Salvi. The stolen bases dropped off. The, the powers dropped off. He's shown decline each of the last few seasons. Does that not worry you that there could be more bottoming out here in his profile? I think he's a safe pick, though. I think he's a safe for ending up in the top five. I mean, I he's not going to drop from 16 stolen bases to nothing. He maybe it drops right. from like 10 to 12, which is probably yeah. leading catchers. Yeah, I think he's a really safe catcher. And like pretty good chance that he's the top two or three catcher 
at the end of the season, especially because of those stolen bases and the lineup he's in um, and his combination of playing time. Um, but I think he's, I think he's solid and, and I, he's going about 25, 30 picks after Rutschman right now. So you get a quite a nice discount if you wait on catcher from the top catcher. So you will pay his price, even though it is less than Adley. He's still expensive right now, uh, going on NFBC among catchers, number two, 70th pick overall. So if you're looking in a 15 team league, he's going in the fifth round. Um, that's a lot to pay for a catcher. I, I don't think. have him anywhere. So to be, I, I've done six drafts. I don't have him anywhere. So I can't be that. I guess I'm not that in on him, but I think he's going to be really good. It's just where he's going. It just doesn't work out. I think this is also important to distinguish, you know, the one catcher versus two catcher leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, again, in the one, one thing with. Yeah. Okay. No, go ahead, Marty. What are you saying? I was going to say, yeah, and and one, it's going to be, you know, if it's for a 10 team league, like our infamous league, it's like you just pick the, the 10 best catchers. So I don't know. Um, I need to get in this infamous yeah. 10 team league, make it 11. <laughs> just, I mean, just, where he's going, yeah, it is a tough spot to be going catcher there, but if. Um, I have I have him on one of my teams. I think if you're in a two catcher league, for me, I like to go with a top a top five to ten catcher as my first catcher. Uh, and if I'm going, the, and the later I go with my first catcher, the earlier I get my second catcher, basically. Um, Completely so agree I'm, with that. If I'm getting like real muto, then I'm waiting on catcher until I'm in you know the twenties of catchers, something like that. Does it bother you guys at all that all his expected stats showed that he outperformed his peripheral or his peripheral numbers? A 236 expected batting average last season. A uh, also had a I'm double checking here a a uh, 315 x woba. Um, which I which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, looking at his stats right now, this is the first season in his career that he's outperformed his expected numbers what so what who's who's the backup catcher on philadelphia's depth depth chart right now like i want to see like what what is he in in danger of losing time i I, i'm more concerned not that he's going to lose time but you're drafting him as the second catcher because of 20 plus home runs 10 plus stolen bases pretty much you think in the bank or maybe not 20 maybe you're thinking 15 and 10 in the bank yeah and Maybe he gives you fifteen and ten, but again, you're you're paying such a high price for him. I think you're for him to pay off his draft price, he would have to be closer to a twenty fifteen player. So and, I, did, and I'm worried that there is more bottoming out coming with him this season. Are you are you just anti drafting a catcher early because mm-hmm. of the lack of upside that they'll give you? It seems like the ceiling for catchers is lower this year than it's been in previous years. I think there's so many good catching options. If I'm going to pay up early, it's for Adley, and that's strictly in points leagues. If it's if it's a roto league, I'm not paying up for catcher at all. But Adley is such an elite player in points leagues with his lack of strikeouts at catcher. I would pay that price for him, depending on you know if he slips a little bit. That's um, a good point. I mean, I I I worry about Adley's uh, plate appearances dropping because he had. 687 last season. Um, I think he's going to be good, but I think it's possible he'll, he'll see a, a dip in plate appearances from last season. Um, he could, but and, there's also the factor of 
another year in the big leagues, maybe his numbers take another leap forward too, where he maybe that's, doing more with less. I, I and will, that's why he's being drafted where he is. I exactly. will say um, the books have his home run prop. Adley's at 19 and a half. So they don't project him for a huge. Pass. What did he have last year? Before I, I can just pull him up. He had last year. I want to say seven. In 637 plate appearances, or I'm sorry, 588 at bats officially. He had 20 homers and 80 RBIs. Of, you know, but again, a 277 average, 374 OBP, 425 or 435 slug, a 234 line for a catcher is pretty good. Um, and he just needs to tap into his power. Like he, he has a pretty lackluster barrel percentage and max exit velocity. So if, he, if there's another step of power in there, then yeah, he's going to be the clear number one, maybe for the next six years. They had him hitting leadoff at the beginning of the year too, before they called up Gunner. So it'll be interesting where yeah. they have him hit this year. Yeah. I think again, just how I view it, if it's a points league, I will spend the premium for him. If it's not, then I think you see his average is 50, his min picks 33, his max is 69. I probably would have to see him, you know, go a little bit after pick. I'd probably have to get him closer to like the, uh, maybe like more in like closer around four than in the mm-hmm. middle of round three where he's going. So do you want to, do you want to like wait on catchers? I mean, we'll get into the the depth of them, but like Sean Murphy, uh, I think Frank Stample actually tweeted out some, I have to read the full article, but he tweeted out an article about Sean Murphy struggling uh, with something with the heat last year and how it was affecting him uh, at the plate. And I have to read that article, but um, when it wasn't like the, when the heat wasn't a factor that his numbers were actually really good. Um, and, and Sean Murphy was again, splitting time and he was one of the better catchers in fantasy last year. Yiner Diaz is the starting catcher for Houston this year. I think there's plenty of value in that, even though he's obviously going as a fifth catcher, which is high, but you can wait, basically double the amount that you're waiting for Adley there. I don't like Diaz there because I don't know defensively how much the Astros want to really depend on him. Who's their backup That's catcher though? Cause they got rid of Martin Mel. They got Caratini. rid of Maldonado. Caratini's their backup catcher. Yeah, and he's oh, defensively, he, he's a huge upgrade. Def- only defensively, but I mean, that's stick. I mean, the contact, the XBA, you know, everything looks great there. But I just don't know on the, again, it's the plate appearances. The, the, catcher. the, the catcher in the Astros lineup is one of the most meaningless uh, hitting positions <laughs> in baseball. But they it's been really in the past, but to- they're very confident in Yiner Diaz. They already announced that he's starting. He played a lot of DH last year, too, though. Um, so that's that's so that's to Marty's point, like he played when he's he got his big breakout when Alvarez was down. So is he going to be losing plate appearances if if Alvarez is healthy? I mean, he's their starting catcher at the end of the day. And then if Alvarez gets hurt, he could always DH too. But I mean, in three hundred and what is it? Uh, three hundred and fifty five at bats last year, he had twenty three home runs and hit. 282 for a catcher like that's insane i like him i you don't have to again you're paying you're paying right now the fifth catcher so it's not like he's free but if you're like okay houston starting catcher in a loaded lineup and you know i can get him double the adp of adley rutschman i can wait two more rounds from jt real muto and i can pick up two other players i really like or you know you need two pitchers or whatever I'm okay with that. Obviously, we'll get into some more like Francisco Alvarez and Bo Naylor. And this is, I feel like you could confidently say that, again, we were just brought Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver is the 16th ranked catcher. He's a full-time DH this year. 
So he's unless he gets hurt, he's going to be in the lineup all the time. We didn't even uh, talk about my one through ten. I like. Yeah, let's let's we'll get back on track here, Doc. Give us your one through ten you like, and then we'll move on to the dislikes. And David, for the record, I am with you on waiting on catcher this year. Uh, I like Gabriel Moreno as the tenth ranked catcher, ADP one forty eight. Uh, he was acquired from Arizona for the Dalton Bar Show trade, and to be honest, Toronto had a lot of catchers between Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk, and Gabriel Moreno turned out to be one of the most uh, dispensable ones. But in his first full MLB season, um, and I say full because he played 111 games, 7.6 walk percentage, 19.7 K percentage. I don't think that's bad for his first year. Six stolen bases, which is most in the top 10, along with William Contreras. So, you know, catchers, and, and that's besides JT Romuto, obviously. Um, but he's going to give you a little bit more stolen base upside as opposed to the Sal Perez's and the Adley's that will give you one, two at most. Uh, the Diamondbacks lineup has improved and they had him hitting third in the, uh, NLCS against the Phillies. So I think that's, that shows a vote of confidence there. Um, but last year in 111 games, 284. So above league average, batting average. Seven home runs, 83 runs plus RBIs. And look, he's still 23 years old. I, I like taking someone with upside. And uh, especially with the improved Diamondbacks lineup, you know, they have Eugenio Suarez, Corbin Carroll will hopefully be healthy, Tel Marte, Christian Walker. I think Gabriel Moreno fits in pretty well. Let's finish the, 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 the uh, we finished the like discussion, but the dislikes, we already talked about Eric, Eric's concern with Sal Perez. We talked about, LC's concerned with Adley Rutschman a little bit here. And Marty, you're a little bit concerned about the big dumper in Cal Raleigh for the Seattle Mariners. How come you're concerned about him? Yeah, for what you would think. I mean, I think he'll he has a good chance of leaving all catchers with home runs. You know, he has a fair shot at 30, maybe, maybe 32, 33 home runs. So that's great. But he's going to absolutely destroy your batting average. Like, and he plays every single day. He's an outstanding catcher. And so over, you know, if he does 500 plate appearances, you know, uh, 400 plate appearances at those, at that, that average, uh, it really brings it down. So I'd rather just not and just go with a catcher, maybe hits you 25, 30 home runs, but that's 260 or 270. What would be yeah. an acceptable batting average for Cal Raleigh for you, where you're like, you know what? He was 50. 250. He hits 250. He ain't in 250. Maybe 240, but he'd have to get power. 240. Now, now we're getting in like the Schwarberland where like, you know, yeah, he'll hit 220, but if he hits you 43 home runs. So we, he needs to get to that like 35, 40 where we can really start. Yeah. And I think almost I, makes up for the batting. Average. I agree with you because like you look right behind him. There are a lot of guys who have batting average plus with some power right behind him going like, like Contreras is going right behind him. Murphy's going right behind him and they both have better batting averages with 20 plus home run power. And I feel like you can easily make up those five, eight home runs way. You can get that off the waiver wire. You can't get bad. You can't get the batting average off the waiver wire. And I forgot who said it, but roughly if 513 at bats with a 232 average brings your overall team, your whole Roto team's uh, average down somewhere around 15 points. So think about that. You could have a 270 team drop all the way down to 255, and now you're in the middle of the pack, or maybe worse if you didn't bake it in. If you properly bake in Cal Raleigh and you really take a lot of upside guys in batting average, it, it could work, but I'd rather not. To be fair, I'm out on him too. I probably won't draft him. 
But it is kind of interesting to note, he's cut his K-rate each of the last three seasons. So his K-rate's gone down. His batting average, I, I think you asked most people after last year, he hit 211. They're like, there's a very good chance he's probably hitting under 200 this year. But he bounced back and hit 232 after hitting 211 in, in 2002. 2022, excuse me. So like, I don't think anybody thought he was hitting 230 last year. Granted, it was a, a 213 XBA, but... It was a what? Uh, a 213 XBA. 213 XBA. You can't have that on your team because batting so, average is so full of noise. I mean, just that's the underlying number. That, that's so that could easily be 220 then if he gets lucky. Yeah, I would so say you're probably looking at like a 220 ish batting average the way just yeah. it seems like it's lining up. But yeah, 30 home runs. So I guess you could also you decide that you want to chase power. That would be the big attraction for him here but yeah if you went light your first three four five picks you know focused on speed or something and average then yeah it could work yeah but i think none of us are jumping out of our chair to draft cal raleigh this year there's a lot of other catchers here which we'll get to now in the next range here the 11 to 20 range for catchers there are some interesting names here i want to go to you first here doc who is the catcher in this range that you feel like you want to draft a lot of so I really like Kiever Ruiz this year. I think another young and Marty beating that drum too. So you can just piggyback off of me, but you know, another young catcher that was involved in a trade, um, you know, where he's, he's in a new change of, of environment. And when you look at some of the stats last year, 18 home runs tied for eighth at the catcher position, fifth in batting average. Uh, he hit 260 last year, but he's hit 250 and above all four seasons. Uh, when you look at, he had one stolen base last year, but he had six in 2022. So you'd expect that he would have had more with the increased base pass rules. And I'm not saying that he's going to have six or more, but you know that there's that upside there. He is 25 years old. Ground ball percentage has been going down the last three seasons from 41.8 to 40.2 to 38.5. And he's a great contact hitter, 10.3 K percentage last year when we saw that from 11.5 the year before. So I think the Nationals lineup has improved a little bit. They added Nick Senzel. I know they did lose Heimer Candelario. Um, but I think compared to where his ADP was last year, there's a lot of upside for Ruiz. Yeah, he, looked like he really grew as a hitter last year. So I think you know there's plenty of value here. Played 136 uh, games too. Yeah, he's a, he definitely he's not going to jump off the page in a stat. I think he's obviously very well known as a defensive catcher. He's a, a really good, and then he's also someone that hits for a higher average compared to most catchers. But yep. you know, you look at his season long numbers: a two sixty average, eighteen homers, sixty seven RBIs, uh, only fifty eight strikeouts. Again, it just I don't think he's he's that perfect number two catcher where you plug him in and he just kind of just gives you stats, but doesn't win you your week. He just kind Especially of. Especially if you went Cal Raleigh, he'd be a good guy to offset that a little bit, try to get yeah. your average up a little bit more. And it's funny, you said um, Ruiz, because I, I think Gabriel Marino, like I'd rather wait and get Ruiz. I think it's pretty much the projections look the same, the contact rate's the same. Um, maybe get both, really boost your batting average. Yeah. I, I think Marino has a little bit more stolen base upside, and there's probably mm-hmm. more counting stats because of the line of contacts. But Ruiz in 63 games in the second half of the season hit 300. How many catchers are doing that? Elsie, mm-hmm. I'm interested with your talk with your guys here because you like Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver, but Eric, but Eric does not like Mitch Garver. So I'm going to let you lead in with the why you like both of them. And then Eric, you can combat why you don't like Mitch Garver. Yeah. Um, Heim, I think goes at a good, good spot. I think 
The uh, his backup catcher in Texas is going to be, I think, Andrew Nisner this season. Not as much of a threat as Garber to steal plate appearances. And Heim really has had good stretches in both of the last two seasons. Uh, both of the last two seasons, an injury has derailed him from completing a a really consistently good season. If we remember last year, before he got injured, he was the top catcher in RBIs. I think a fully healthy season. I think he's a pretty safe draft pick, and he's going behind some younger catchers who need to prove it. I think he's a safe where he's going, so I like him as a draft pick. Garver, I think playing, as we said, playing DH in Seattle, I think he's just a nice bet to hit. He's a really good hitter, generally has a good batting average, and uh, generally hits for power. Uh, Seattle's not a great place to hit for power, but I think he he could have his his highest plate appearances. And as I said, 400 would be his highest plate appearances in a season ever. So he could have his highest plate appearances if he gets like 400, 450 as a DH in Seattle. And I really like that. Although I, I think they have other options as DH. I'd like to see him getting some backup catcher uh, reps as well. Doc, why? So with the fact that he'll be DHing, getting every day at bats guaranteed as long as he's healthy, how come you're out on him? I mean, do you see him being the full-time DH for the entire year? I'm going to go for his games missed by seasons the last four years. The COVID 2020 season missed 37 out of 60 games. 2021 missed 94 games. 2022 missed 108 games. 2023 missed 75 games. He's played more than 100 games once in a season, and now he's going into his age 33 season. Yes, I know he's not playing catcher, but that doesn't mean that he can't get hurt base running, uh, that he can't get hurt you know, actually batting. He's talking about the upside with 400 plate appearances. I do think that's real, but I also think that gives you more injury concern. You know, really the, the 2019 season with the twins was the one that jumps out. He had 31 home runs, but only 67 RBIs, which are both career highs. He's never even had 20 home runs in a season, uh, besides that. And I know once again, he hasn't had the plate appearances, but you know, last year his, his stats looked better with a 313 Babbitt the year before it was 228. I'd expect it to land somewhere in the middle. It's not giving you any stolen base upside. Um, I think the batting average fluctuates year to year. 270 last year, 207 the year before that, 256 the year before that, 167. I just don't think you know what you're getting from him. I think there's such a wide range of outcomes, but more of them are probably unfavorable. Um, I don't think his ADP at 177 is awful but I think you're just banking on power for your second catcher. I'm go ahead, Art. I'm sorry. I, I mean, doc, you make some good points. I just, I think you're an ageist and, and I hate you <laughs> <laughs> like you young. He's you, you, you really emphasized his age. He's 33. And I think you said it with like this, like ass. I don't voice. like people. And, and I don't like that. I don't bounce backs. I don't like, I don't like bound, banking on people like him and Sal Perez to have better seasons in the future than they've had in previous ones at a position like catcher where I feel like there's more All of a drop-off. All you need is for him to have last season, though. If he has last season again, he's, he's really good. That's what I like about him. And I think he's got a chance to get his most plate appearances. Agreed. I mean, Eric, just a couple things to your points. Number one, like in terms of catchers, this man strikes out uh, you know, an under league average K rate. So he's, and he walks at a double digit percentage clip. He hits for a 270 batting average. He's like, when he's healthy, he's played well. You could, he's never had his career year because he's been hurt. Now, granted, like you said, like 
it's a trend because he's hurt every year, but his ADP is also is the 17th catcher off the board. So it's not like you're paying the price of Salvador Perez as the sixth catcher off the board in the top 131 picks. Um, or um, uh, yeah, Salvador Perez 131. You know, you're getting uh, him as the 16th catcher, 176. So you get a little bit more of a discount with him. And he's a full-time DH. He's not playing any catcher this year. So, like, you're you're limiting the chances of him behind the plate getting hurt. He's only going to be hitting and running the bases. So is that is that fair to say that the injury risk is lower this year because he's not going to be playing catcher, which could lead to a career year for him? And you're getting him, again, uh, you know, closer to ADP 200? You know, once again, I, I look at last year, and I'm not going to disagree with you. 270, 19 homers, 95 uh, runs plus RBIs. But the year before that, he hit 207. Yes, he still walked at a double-digit clip. Yes, he still struck out sub-25%. But that's a huge fluctuation in batting average. So, I mean, are you? do you think he's going to be the 270 guy? He's also going to a worst-hitting lineup. He was on the world champion Rangers last year. So now he's going to a worst-hitting lineup. Are there uh, going to be as many counting stat opportunities? Well, he was only in playing in 54 games that year. So I know he hasn't played in a lot of games consistently, but that was by far the least amount of games he's played in a season, like in a, in a normal season that wasn't COVID shortened. I mean, so like, he played he played 68 games the year before that in 2021. I mean, 14 games, if he had gotten on a hospital, that could have turned his old batting average around is my point. Well, it, I'll tell you what, in the 14 games difference, he had three more home runs and uh, 16 more counting stats of runs and RBIs. I mean, look, he, I think he has upside. I just think you're banking on essentially power because I just don't see him giving you much else. That's just me. I, I And look, I respect it. If his ADP was higher... I might be a little questionable, but to me, I see a catcher that's a full-time DH. David, let me ask you, do you think game 162, he's their starting DH? I mean, he might miss time during the season and then come back. I, I but, but I'm saying, do you think, barring injury, he, they are going to keep him at DH the entire year? Yeah, I do, because... Okay. Have you seen their lineup this year? I mean, I've seen it. It's awful. It's one of the worst lineups in the league when you look at their bottom half of their lineup. Like they need people in there to hit, and he's one of their better hit. He's hitting. I, I have to double check a roster resource. I believe he's hitting like fourth or fifth, like cleanup. Like he's in a prime spot right off the jump, which shows you how much they value his bet. I bet you that by the end of the season, they have a different person that's DH almost every day. And it's not because of injury, it's because of performance. Yes. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. If Garver plays 100 games this year, I think he's going to be a value at this at this spot for catcher. If he played 104 games, that would set a career high. I'm rooting. I, I said 100, which 100 and 162 game season as a DH is. I, I feel like hey, not. if he if, if he plays 100, then you're getting a value. Yeah, for sure. All right, then let's move then now to Marty and Marty. You like Tyler Stevenson in this range. So, I don't. I'm going another curveball at you. I don't like him. He is boring. I meant to pick a different guy, so I'm going to pick a different guy. Pick Luis, a different guy. Luis Campanzano. That's who I'm picking. He's a sexy pick. I think that is a really. He's a really good uh, second catcher with upside. Uh, mm-hmm. Now he only had about what 170 at bats um, last year because I think what was what was it? He had left thumb surgery. He had a torn ligament, um, so he sidelined for the first three months of the year. But when he came back. XBA is 305. 
Um, he has a little bit of pop in there. He doesn't strike out. I think he's a really good source of a 260, 270 batting average. Peak home run, 20. I think 20 would be the most you'd see from his profile because he's so contact heavy. Uh, maybe if he works out on a swing plane or something like that, he can kind of elevate the ball a little bit more. But I'm sure he's, if you're hitting 305, you're probably not not going to adjust too much. So uh, I think he's going to play. They got, um, who is it? They got Higgy from the Yankees. So he'll play a little, you know, he'll probably have 300 plate appearances where Luis will probably have close to 450. And with that and that average, that'll be that'll be fine. I think he's in a, in a good spot. He's the 19th catcher off the board, and he could hit you. He could bat 300. And uh, LC, you also like Luis Camposano. Oh, LC's out of his chair. Hilarious. Well, you know what's interesting? Chair. Don't go to ESPN to look for death charts because they still have Juan Soto on the Padres. No, there uh, you go. Dot, or, uh, Cheesecake, I was saying you also like Luis Camposano. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, I think that... Um, He's my young guy that I that I have been targeting as is is a potential breakout. I am worried about Padres lineup being worse than it was, but I don't think it's going to be. I I think he's got a great bat, and I think he's got a good chance to gobble up those uh, plate appearances. Um, and he's he's he hit for deserved a three oh five batting average last season. Uh, hit three nineteen. I think he could be a good batting average upside. He's going at a Spendy Price, you're taking him as a top 15 catcher, I think, um, maybe top 18. But uh, but he's my young guy who I'm who I'm targeting as, as as sort of a breakout catcher. All right, so the pod, I, I agree. With, I like Campusano as well. So he's we're all seventeenth. We were both wrong. Seventeenth catcher off the board. Very good value for someone we all think could break out this year. I, I this last player we'll talk about in this range is interesting because both Marty and Art are out on this player. I like this player here, Francisco Alvarez. I would like Mar- Art for you to go ahead and and then Marty, you can piggyback as well. Why you guys are out on Francisco Alvarez as the eleventh catcher off the board right now? ADP about one forty eight. You guys tell me why you're out on him, and then I'll tell you why I like him, and then our, obviously our audience can decide how they want to go on it, but. Uh, Francisco Alvarez last year, 25 home runs in a rookie season pos- prospect pedigree. You guys, I'm assuming just don't like the price. Take yourself off mute, Marty. Let's, let's, let's tag team this one. All right. <laughs> tag um, team on the ropes. Yeah. Um, I'll start off by talking about his second half. Second half is awful last season for Francisco Alvarez. He hit like 180 over the second half uh and and his power and and counting stats really fell off his his production all came in the first half marty you go i would be a hypocrite if i was to say don't draft cal raleigh but draft francisco alvarez alvarez had a 209 expected batting average last year i think 25 30 home runs is possible and I think he could absolutely destroy your batting average. It's the exact same uh, argument I have against um, Raleigh. And in that area where he's going, I'd rather have Ohapi. I'd rather have Naylor. I'd rather have Heim. I'd rather have Ruiz. I'd rather have Garver and Camposano. I'd rather have all of those guys over um, over Alvarez. Now, if I had 10 different teams and I wanted to go for an upside pick, I think he's great. I think, you know, he's he's fun, you know, and it could really hit. Um, but it's just, the floor is so low. I just, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm just too conservative at that point. Yeah, I'm, I second everything Marty just said. 
I mean, we did talk about Cal Raleigh, but he is going after Cal Raleigh. And I think there is another gear in Alvarez's profile. So Cal Raleigh, we talked about, we were all kind of out on him as the eighth ring catcher off the board, or I'm sorry, the seventh ring catcher off the board going at pick 135. You're getting Alvarez four catchers after pick 148. So about a round or so later, he came in as a rookie. He was a top five consensus prospect in all of baseball. The Mets don't exactly have a loaded lineup, so they need him to play. 25 home runs in your rookie season. I don't care what you're hitting in your rookie season. If you hit 25 home runs, you have my attention. And Francisco Alvarez, I think, in a position that does that has some power aspects, but doesn't necessarily have all guaranteed playing time aspects, I think that Francisco Alvarez is a nice player here. Yeah, granted, I would like it, wish his ADP was a little bit lower than in the 140s, but look, 209 batting average, 209 expected batting average is not going to get it done. 25 home runs is going to get it done. Uh, this is me trusting in the player and basically saying this is a discount Cal Raleigh, but there's an upside for more, as he showed in the minor leagues as well. Um, you know, again, a swinging strike rate dropped 6% from his rookie season. Basically, he, he got a cup of coffee five games in 2022. He dropped a swinging strike rate 6% from the cup of coffee he did see in the major leagues. I know Art brought up his bad second half, but we've seen a lot of times rookies, uh, the grind of a full season in the big leagues, sometimes that can happen. Um, you know, but now a full off season to kind of adjust, get ready and get in shape for his second year. I, I do think again, 25, 30 home runs is not real unrealistic from him with a 240 batting average, which we were just talking about would be worth it for Cal Raleigh. Um, so I said 250. I, I mean, and, and, and I agree, I agree with everything you're saying, David. I think there's like part of me is, is, is just like there could be like a month where he has like three hits in the entire month and you're just like sitting there eating it and it's hard to take it and you want to drop them. And like, I don't like those players on my team and that's, mm-hmm. I'm, I worry he's that kind of streaky, like, like Gary, I, Sanchez? Gary Sanchez, streaky type of hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Sanchez just signed with Milwaukee today. Maybe he's going to be brought up later. I'm not sure. I'm thinking about it. But he's got Contreras in front of him. Anyway, is Gary Sanchez like streaky for Alvarez? That's what I worry about. Like you're going to want to drop him, like, and you might miss the month he's awesome after you drop him, and it would just like so frustrating. I, I his walk percentage did go up as he progressed um, in his rookie year, which is something you'd love to see. Play, you know, him be able to maybe tap into getting his walk rate up could do him and his batting average a lot of good. So I do like that. I'll be keeping an eye on him this year, but at where he's at, it's just, there's too many guaranteed things right there. I just, I'd rather not. But like I said, what if, if I had like a you know, going for an overall, I had 50 bucks to burn. Why not? The other player I do want to bring up in this range is Bo Naylor. I think he's also a sneaky value here for the guardians is one of their catchers. I like Bo and Josh Naylor this year. Um, I think there's another gear in his profile as well. Um, but yeah, as we talked about, there's a lot of options here. We talked about just in this range alone, we brought up Alvarez, Bo Naylor, Jonah Heim, Kyber Ruiz, Mitch Garver, Luis Campusano. Uh, there, there's a lot of good guys here. And, and as we'll continue with the last range of players going after pick 20, Shay Langoliers is the first one going as the 21st catcher off the board. And he, to me, is, is a really good value here. And Elsie, I know this is one of the guys you were debating about bringing up in this section. 
Yeah, Shea is a guy. I think he's he's in that Raleigh and Alvarez mold. He's a hundred picks plus past Alvarez, so I think he's a great option there. And he's going to be the starting catch for Oakland all season. Two ten batting average, but plus twenty home run power. Like you're you're able to wait, shore up your batting average a little better in your earlier picks. And I think you're going to get similar production to uh, probably not the total runs and RBIs of like a Raleigh or Alvarez if they play all their games, but like solid home runs definitely and solid runs and RBIs for a catcher in Langoliers. I want to add that in the second half, his expecting batting average was 250. So he's making a lot of really good adjustments. So I'm really excited for where he's going to. I think that's a really, uh, I think he's really underrated. Art, anybody else you would like to bring up in this range? Because I know you brought, put a couple names down. Um, well, I did want to bring up Gary Sanchez signing with Milwaukee. I I think he might get some uh, DH at bats there. He could be a decent late late five, pick. Five sixty two ADP. Yeah, he's a decent uh, uh, um, draft and hold catcher. I think to get uh, because I think there's going to be uh, uh, episodes of usefulness for him. Um, but I also wanted to throw out uh, our boy Jake Rogers, Detroit. He's got a great barrel rate over the last two seasons. I think his batting average is going to – he's another one of these power first guys. Could have could have 30 home run power. He really has a lot of pop in that bat, um, and he's going pretty late too. So those are the guys I want to point out. Yeah, Jake Rogers is the 25th catcher off the board. Uh, as you mentioned, 21 home runs last year. There's a lot of power at catcher this year. I think that's becoming very clear uh, with Rodgers hitting 20-plus home runs, Lank Lear's hitting 20-plus home runs, Alvarez hitting 20-plus home runs, all very young catchers that are hitting 20-plus bombs in their rookie season. But in mixed into the 20-plus home run catchers is a name that is not familiar in this range. He's usually a lot higher, Doc. Alejandro Kirk going after pick 200. He's the 21st catcher off the board. Uh, last year was ranked as a top five catcher. I think it was top five or six, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll have to double check that. Uh, usually one of the safer batting average batting average players for catcher. Power completely disappeared. Eight home runs in all of 2023. Granted, a 250 batting average. But this was coming off a 285-14 homer season for him. Uh, why should we believe that Kirk is going to bounce back to be anything better than a second catcher that gives you batting average at this point? Well, I mean, at this point, you know, you draw our drafting him as a second catcher, but this is also the cheapest that you've gotten him. And when you look at his career, a 10.6 walk percentage and 11K percentage. So great contact skills and somebody that gets on base a decent amount. He's projected to hit eighth in the Blue Jays lineup, which, you know, I, I think obviously they underperformed a little bit last season, but when you still look at them on paper, top five potential lineup there. So I look at the counting stats. Um, one of the things that does concern me, but you know, this is baked into his ADP is that he hasn't played a lot of games. He played 60 in 2021, played 139 in 2022 and 123 last year. I'm hoping he can get back to 130 plus. Um, you know, I think the fact that the Blue Jays did trade Gabriel Moreno and that Dalton Barsha will most likely be in the outfield instead of catching. He is a full time outfielder now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was saying that in case he still had catcher eligibility for uh, some uh, some formats. But, you know, I think there's a clear path to him playing catcher most days. Um, one of the things I'm going to look at is the launch angle in his career year is at 14.7 degrees. And I believe it was 
around 8.5 degrees last year. So I think that's something that he needs to work on. But, um, you know, once again, I think you're, you're getting him at a discount. And, you know, at this point, if he doesn't pan out, I mean, he's not going to kill your batting average. He might just not give you, uh, power and counting stats and stolen bases, but there's a little bit of upside there. You're worried that Danny Jansen could eat into his playing time enough to where it's it's more of a headache having him even as a second catcher because he's not getting enough plate appearances? I do worry about that a little bit. And, you know, once again, this is someone that you're taking as the 21st ranked catcher on the board. I do think that there's upside there as opposed to Danny Jansen where you kind of know what you're getting. And that's why, you know, Jansen is, is ranked shortly after him because that that risk is it there. But I just like the upside of Kirk. He's 25 years old. I don't. You know, with a lot of the young catchers I've talked about here is guys I think that you can get at a discount that maybe we haven't seen their best year yet. Again, I, I think Kirk's a nice value, I think. But these guys are mostly relevant in two catcher leagues. And in two catcher leagues, you basically have guys that split playing time going back to back. That's the only reason I'm a little hesitant about it is just the headache of, okay, Kirk started three games. Granted, he'll he'll play some DH now and again, but um, that, but that's that my dude, biggest... I, I, well, I was going to say, you hit the nail on the head, right? Most of these catchers 20-plus are splitting time. Uh, but Langoliers is their full-time catcher for Oakland or their starting catcher. Ryan Jeffers going 20 is the starting catcher for the Twins. I believe Austin Wells, isn't he start the starting catcher for the Yankees this year? I would rather have a part-time catcher on the Blue Jays than a full-time catcher on the Athletics. What about, is Jake Rogers the full-time catcher this year, Marty? Yeah. Yeah, and kind of break that down. Austin Wells, the Yankees aren't sure if he's going to be a catcher moving forward. He might be a first baseman. So I'm expecting like a 50-50 split there. Do you think it's going to be a 50-50 split in Minnesota with Vasquez, or do you think Jeffers gets 70% of it? Jeffers, I, I actually did a lot of research for this when I was coming on Bubba's show for because uh, I was doing the Twins preview. Uh, they Vasquez is strictly just a, just to give him a breather. Uh, do yep. they want, they're excited for Jeffers this year to be the starting catcher and to be playing almost every day. Uh, they, they think, you know, again, uh, he had, you know, his numbers weren't amazing last year, but Vasquez was awful. And so yeah. I think they, uh, Jeffers will be a full-time catcher this year. Yeah. I hope he gets the plate appearances. If he does, he'll be worth that, that draft draft spot for sure. Yeah. If he gets like 450 to 500 plate appearances, that'd be great. But the projections are, I think the projections are low on him. Laddox has him at like 375 still. I'm like, I don't see Vasquez. I don't think he's that good. I don't think Vasquez is that good anymore. I think he's kind of washed. Yeah, I think, you know, you was it with Boston when he had that career year? Yeah. That, that everybody kind of looks at that and they're like, oh, maybe, you know, he's, he's a backup catcher, but he has all that, you know, potential in him. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I'm actually, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think. I'm trying to remember what I'm looking at what his ADP was when I went on uh, Bubba's show just to see if it went down or up when I did it. And he was. No, I don't have his ADP. Um, oh, I, I said he was 247 and he was the 21st catcher off the board. So he's about the same ADP. So he hasn't jumped up. This was like a month and I guess like a month ish ago. But. 276, 369, 490, triple slash. Um, his, he had over 335 plate appearances at 369 Woba and 138 WRC plus, tied with Mitch Garver for the best rate of an offensive production among catchers with 300 PAs last year. 
Uh, end of the season, Jeffers was the lead catcher and he started all of their playoff games. Did have a 359 Babbitt, so that will obviously regress. But um, again, to have the best WRC plus or tied with the best WRC plus of any catcher with over 300 PAs last year, I think there is, again, a lot of potential for Jeffers. So uh, I like I him agree. there. Our, our, uh, Marty finishes off with Renee Pinto, a name many might not be familiar with, but definitely valuable here. Yeah, starting catcher for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, 30th catcher off the board. Um, he hits the ball hard, and he's going to play. Um, that's my hard-hitting analysis with uh, <laughs> Rene Pinto coming off. What is, what's his ADP? Like, is it 500? Uh, four? uh, 443. Yeah, so um, like a, maybe a, if you're shooting for upside with the backup, you know, your second catcher. Um yeah, but any one catcher leagues, you don't stay stay far, far, far away. But um, yeah, his X slug looks good. He barrels the ball at a high rate. Right now, he's going to be the starting um, starting catcher for the team. So he's a body. He'll play. All right, Renee Pinto to finish out our catcher previews. Is there any other names you guys want to bring up? I know we brought up a lot of names tonight, uh, but just someone that maybe came to mind during the show or someone that. Uh, that you forgot to mention that you wanted to bring up. Cause again, I think we hit a, a good amount of them. I'm looking late. Travis DR. No 30th rank catcher splits time uh, with, you know, obviously if, if anything happens to Sean Murphy, he's like, you could say quote unquote, the best catching handcuff right now. He's 35, um, isn't he? I'm just worried when, I don't know how much he's, he's had. He's had, a, he's had a lot of concussions. I don't know. How old is that guy? 34, 34. Okay. Yeah. You know, us 35 rules are very, very old. Uh, Logan Ohapi, I'm just afraid of him, and he's just made it last. I'm just, there's an injury concern. True. I think, mm-hmm. I, other than that, I think he's okay for where he's going. I just, I'm staying away from him. Just I don't hate Yasmani Grandal. What about Max Stasky, the starting <laughs> catcher? A, Grandal's, where he doesn't he have gets, a team. When he signs, yeah, he's he real. Late. He, he may I, not sign. There is no, uh, I've been looking to see if there's any like rumors or anything going on with him. There's, it's, it's, but I mean, signed. here's the thing a bunch of players haven't been signed. No, I know. I just, I just don't know if anyone's. What about Max? Kind of a dick too? Uh, I mean, if he is a dick, then I don't know. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, that's what I heard. Stassi needs, needs to stay healthy, but I like him. 691 ADP. If Stassi stays healthy, he'd be really good. He's in Chicago, the White Sox. It's a good ballpark to hit in. And I mean, they have Corey Lee. Damn it, they brought in Martin Maldonado. That's they what, did. Yeah, that's what. Uh. <laughs> what what a crazy situation the White with the White Sox. Sox. <laughs> they just suck. Everything they do sucks. Yeah, it's such a good team, and they blew it. I just don't understand that. Oh man, you make yeah. It's like that. Do you guys? You guys ever seen Copland when Robert De Niro's talking to to Stallone? He says, "I gave you a chance to be a real cop, and you blow it." He has a sandwich in his hand. One of the best scenes in movie history. Never seen that. Um, that's exactly it. Oh man! Well, cheesecake, you're outdating yourself, says this ageist. On that note, uh, if you guys are enjoying the pod. or watching on YouTube. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you like and subscribe to the channel so you never miss when we go live or when Art gives the finger to Eric. And if you uh, want to listen on the podcast, you guys can listen anywhere you get podcasts, Triple Play, Fantasy Baseball, and on any platform. Rate and review the show. Five stars. If you do that, we'll shout you out. And uh, obviously, it helps us get our podcast seen by more people. 
And next week, we will be back with the outfield position previews. But until then, for LC, for Doc, for Marty Party, I'm D-Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. We'll talk to you guys next week.